Hey listeners, today's episode is on prosperity magic. We're going to cover traditional prosperity spells and folk magic. Then we're going to get into some prosperity and abundance psalms, and then round it out with some saints that you can work with for abundance and financial wellness. Really enjoyed this episode, and I hope you enjoy it as well. Also, we have launched our Patreon. So check that out at patreon.com slash Anthony's Tongue. It is also in the show notes. It's going to be very helpful, especially since all patrons get a totally detailed breakdown of all the spells I talk about. So you don't have to jot down notes. It'll all be there for you. There's other perks too, uh, bonus content. There's even a tier where you get a gift of the month. So check that out. Um, it's really helpful. People have been saying kind things about it, so I hope it helps you as well. Without further ado, please enjoy our episode on prosperity magic, and may it all lead to prosperous and magical futures for each and every one of you. Thank you. Peace be with you and with your spirit. Welcome to another episode of St. Anthony's Tongue. I am your host, as always, W. And today we will be talking about prosperity magic. So what is prosperity? It's not just about money. You can be prosperous in your relationships, prosperous in your luck, prosperous in your good fortune, prosperous in your help. But today we are talking about being prosperous in money, in finances, in riches, because we can be as spiritual as we want to be but rent is still due. Bills are still due. In the words of Ram Das, know that you are God and that you are divine, but never forget your social security number. So today's episode, we're gonna talk about some traditional financial and prosperity workings. Then we're gonna move into some psalm magic that can be used in prosperity and abundance, and then round it out with some saint allies. So we're going to talk about what saints you can use, petition to, and work with for prosperity. Now, I want to bring up what I have brought up in a few episodes, and that is my kind of concept of a remedy method. What is the problem? Define it, and then what herbs can I use? What saints can I use? What psalms can I use to remedy that? And that is what I want to really put forth in this podcast is I can give you the recipe but I also want to teach you how to cook. I want to, I want you to know what ingredients can make up something. That way you can infuse these workings, these spells, these rituals, these prayers with your own personality, your own style, and make it devotional as well. Make it a piece of you rather than just something you're reading off of a piece of paper. And that isn't to say that there are no rules. There are rules. But this allows you to use tradition as well as your own spirit, your own feelings to make something powerful. So in this episode, we are going to talk about things that you can just use it as is on its own, um, but then you can also add to it. For instance, we're going to talk about a money bowl in a moment. We're also going to talk about a mojo bag, and you can just use that on your own. You can just use what I'm going to tell you to do with the money bowl, with the mojo bag, and that's fine. That's golden. You're going to have success. But then later, we're going to talk about Psalms that we can use for prosperity, and then later, we're going to talk about saints. So there's a way to combine them all together, right? So when you are doing that money bowl, well, we just learned a psalm you can use too. Maybe put a scroll of a psalm in the money bowl. We're going to talk about saints. So when you're doing that mojo back, maybe you put a saint medal in there. So again, don't think of this just as instructions. Think of this as ingredients that you can, yeah, sure, you can eat that one ingredient on its own, or you can combine it to make a meal. So in my Remedy Method episode, which is called Folk Magic Essentials, I believe, uh, I say that you can do pretty much anything in folk magic with a saint, an herb, and a psalm. So we're going to cover all of that today, but here is a cheat sheet. Um, so what herbs can you use for prosperity? I'm just going to name a few. A lot of these have dual purposes. Alfalfa, allspice, bay leaf, basil, chamomile, cloves, ginger, thyme. What saints can you use for prosperity? And we're going to cover all of these, but St. Anthony, um, St. Martin of Tours, uh, St. Cajetan, St. Jude, St. Patrick. What Psalms? We're going to cover all of these too. 23, 26, 65, 122. All right, what about oils? We can use a lot of oils and candle magic. 
use any blessed oil for prosperity work. You can use an attraction oil to attract money, finance, abundance. Um, also a road opener oil. That is going to um, stop any obstacles and open up financial opportunities for you. Um, there is also some people sell something called a money magnet oil or a crown of success oil. Those two are also uh, something you're going to find at a Botanica or on Etsy, or you can probably learn to make your own. So just with that cheat sheet I just gave you, you could do a million things just with that one piece of information and some creativity. For instance, you can carve your intention into a green candle. That intention could be more money, a new job, something along those lines. You can dress the candle with any of the oils I mentioned, a road opener oil, a money magnet oil, and then any of the herbs I mentioned, thyme, bay leaf. Most people have that in their cabinet. And you can also make this personal by maybe putting the candle in a bowl full of coins or dollar bills. You can add a saint card to any of the saints we just talked about. Um, then you can maybe make that saint a deal that you'll donate a sum of money in their name if they come through, or percentage of the money that, they, that you, you're looking for. Um, and then you can pray a prosperity psalm as it burns. So my point here again is learn the ingredients, not just the recipe, and then spells, workings, rituals are gonna become more powerful when you can make them your own personalized ritual. So again, going to jump into all of these today. I'm excited to talk about them. Um, we're going to talk about some traditional stuff. Most of what I've talked about so far on the podcast has been saints and psalms. So we're going to talk about non-saint and psalm things. Um, and then we're going to talk about saint magic, psalm magic. It's going to be a lot of fun, so I'm excited. But again, all of these are powerful on their own, but I hope I can also get those wheels turning so we can combine them together and you can make beautiful magic in your home, at your altar. Let's jump in. All right, the first one I wanna talk about is one you're probably familiar with, or at least you've heard about, and that is your traditional money bowl. You're gonna find dozens, hundreds, thousands of variations on a money bowl. That's gonna depend on the culture, uh, the region of where you're, you're at or where you're looking at. Also the practice, you know, Italian folk magic versus Mexican folk magic versus Southern conjure versus Appalachian folk magic. It's all going to look a little different, but it's relatively simple. So here is kind of a basis of what you can do. You're going to need a bowl, a lodestone, and a lodestone is magnetite or any other kind of magnetic mineral. Um, some loose change, some iron fillings. You can buy iron fillings online at like an educational store or you can go to the dollar store and find those little mustache guy games where you build a mustache, rip those out, you got your magnetic fillings. That's actually what most people recommend. And then you can also, um, you could also use some kind of money drawing or attracting oil for this as well. So here's what you're gonna do, it's super simple. You're gonna add your lodestone to a bowl and tell it to bring money into your home as long as it's being fed. So, so basically you're gonna feed this lodestone in hopes that it feeds you the luck to attract money. Um, you can also pray psalms over it, the psalms that are typically prayed over the lodestone uh, when you are talking to it, getting to know it, commanding it to attract money, uh, is Psalm 65. And you're gonna emphasize the line, he has crowned the year with success and his paths drip fatness. Or Psalm 85 emphasizing the Lord shall give that which is good and the land shall yield her increase. However, you could simply just have your stone and activate it by telling it to bring in money as long as it's fed. But Psalms and, and folk magic kind of go hand in hand, um, especially when you get into the more Southern conjure and hoodoo. All right, so you've activated your stone either by just talking to it or and or with a psalm. Um, now you're going to add your change to the bowl and a pinch of the iron fillings. Then each day you're going to add a little more iron fillings and a little more um, change and repeat the psalm to charge it or repeat the spell, feed me money as I feed you. Um, and that's really it. Uh, from there you can also take the change from the bowl and carry it with you as good luck um, as long as you replace the coins and the bowl. Um, and over time, you can also feed it bigger uh, bigger sums of money to kind of reflect the way you are being fed and also you feeding the bowl accordingly. So super simple. Take your bowl, your magnetite, also called a lodestone, and you're going to feed it coins. Well, first you're going to tell it what to do. You're going to tell it to attract money as long as it's being fed. Then you're going to feed it 
your iron shavings, and coins. Um, you can feed it the iron, sha iron shavings every day, though there are people that say you just feed the iron shavings once a week, but coins every day, something like that. Um, and yeah, if you take money out, replace it with more money, and the more money it's helping you attract, the more money you want to feed it. Uh, really classic money bowl. And again, as we go through these rest of, rest of the spells, especially the Psalms and the Saints, you can add a saint medal in there. You can add a scroll with a particular psalm. Maybe you can pray to a certain saint um, or a certain psalm over the lodestone. You could change up the psalm, something like that. But very simple. I also recommend you check out more Money Bowl. Um, I almost said recipes. Spells, because that is like a, such a common uh, tradition. The one I'm reading is your super basic one that seems like it's probably Appalachian folk magic with the lodestone. Um, but the psalm variation would be more hoodoo southern conjure um, so it's probably a combination of two i would imagine however nonetheless great working and it's a good folk magic essential for you and the next i am excited to talk about and we could probably do a whole episode on this topic and that is a success bundle but you probably know it as a mojo bag a mojo hand a brevi bag or various other names uh, basically a pouch full of herbs, charms, and whatnot that is supposed to give you a certain thing. I am in the New Orleans, Louisiana area, so I am very familiar with the mojo hand around here. It, it's kind of your quintessential um, hoodoo item, hoodoo staple. And I know that um, some people some people get a little concerned about that. You know, it, can, I, can I work with a mojo bag? Because mojo bags are, are hoodoo. Um... You can still very much work with a mojo bag. Uh, the term mojo bag is predominantly a hoodoo term. However, using a bundle filled with herbs, charms, and oil, um, you can find that in nearly every continent around the world. Uh, the practice of using a, a, a fabric or a pouch to put herbs and charms in is, is very open, um, and you can find it in a lot of cultures. Um, they're also called medicine bags by Native Americans. Um, they're going to be called paper packets um, and pouch spells by um, kind of Protestant folk magic and Anglican practitioners. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think of some other ones. Uh, Grigri bags would be hoodoo, New Orleans. Satchets, satchels. Um, it's, and again, it's, it's not, you're not appropriating. It's just a way to carry around herbs. Um, in Italy, we would call it a brevi bag or a sacatouche. And this was actually something that I do have relatives that would create and keep on them um, for people interested in Italian folk magic. A brevi bag is a little bit different than a mojo hand and some of these other ones I've mentioned uh, because a brevi bag are traditionally the red, you make them a certain way. Um, mojo bags, mojo hands, uh, again, it's what's in the bag that matters, but a brevi bag, you have you have some things you, it needs to make it a brevi bag. One, it needs to be made, made with red fabric and sewn shut with red thread. Um, traditionally, the main herb in it is going to be rue, and you're also going to have saint metals in it. Um, and then you're often also going to see a, um, a saint Michael medal kind of pinned to it. And that's called a brevi bag or a sacatouche in Italian folk magic. So my point, though, is... Um, if you're scared of appropriating, you aren't. Um, this practice is just putting stuff in a bag. And putting stuff in a bag is very open. Don't worry about it. However, the one that I am going to offer you today is based in Southern Conjure Magic, which does have a hoodoo kind of flavor to it. Again, you're just putting herbs in a bag. Nothing to worry about. You're not going to make anyone upset. So, um, this is based off of the crown of success formulation that we kind of discussed in the Joseph episode. There was a, um, we talked, we mentioned crown of success oil in two, two spells. One was just making the crown of success oil because it kind of has a Joseph tie-in. And then the other, um, was a hoodoo practice for just petitioning Joseph where you leave fava beans and a hammer at the crossroads is really cool but we did talk about crown of success oil and that is a traditional oil that you'll see a lot in conjure so this is called i feel like i just went on a rant but this is called um a success bundle you could probably it would probably also be called a um a success mojo bag a success mojo hand or any of the, the ways you refer to a 
fabric full of stuff. So for this, you are going to need John the Conqueror root, gravel root, dried rosemary, dried sage, frankincense, and then a small psalm scroll. Um, any of the psalms we talk about later, you can use um, the resource I'm using recommends having Psalm 65 written on the scroll. And you will need a red flannel square and the aforementioned crown of success oil. And by the way, guys, um, I give all of these spells written out line by line on my Patreon, and that is patreon.com slash Anthony's Tongue. So what you're going to do is you're going to take that red flannel square, and this is what is going to be the pouch in this instance. You're going to lay it out on your working space and add the ingredient one at a time into the center. You can speak the psalm while you're doing this, um, or you can um, wrap the scroll up and put it in as an ingredient. So after all of those ingredients are added, except for the oil, you're going to fold up or kind of ball up the flannel into a ball and then tie it very tightly with the twine. Um, you don't want this to open up again unless you're looking to destroy it. Uh, then you're going to tie three knots into the twine and breathe three breaths into the ball. Now you're going to dab your finger in the crown of success oil, asking the bag to wake up and help you with your financial endeavors. Also. I'm saying financial endeavors here. This um, is a success bag, so it can be used uh, for academic success, financial success, relationship success, general success. Um, but either way, dab your finger in that crown of success oil and ask the bag to wake up and help you out with whatever you're looking for. Um, if you don't have crown of success oil, or you can't find it, road opening oil, um, any oil for the type of thing. If you're attracting money, there's plenty money attraction oils. You're attracting a a love interest. You're gonna, there can be plenty of uh, of attraction oil for that as well. You can use, but for this one, we're talking about crown of success oil because that's kind of a general success oil. And then it said you're supposed to keep it fed regularly with the oil you're using. Um, but I've also heard that black coffee is also sometimes used to keep it fed. So if you ran out of oil, um, you can just dab a little black coffee onto the mojo bag. So again, super, super simple. You put all of the ingredients, and I'll go through them again. John the Conqueror root, gravel root, dried rosemary, dried sage, frankincense, and an optional psalm scroll. You can put the scroll in there, or you can just read the psalm, and that's it. Um, you're gonna put that into the red flannel, ball it up, tie it with twine, tie three knots into the twine, and then um, breathe three breaths into the bag and then feed it with the oil. Also, when you, uh, you, when, you breathe, when you anoint it with the oil, you're gonna ask the bag to wake up and you're gonna help it. You're gonna tell it to help you with whatever you're looking for with your financial success. Um, and each time you feed it, you do the same thing. So you wake it up and you simply talk to it saying, hey, wake up, Mojo Bag assists me today with blank, with work today, with this new job I'm starting. Um, or to find a new job, or to find a new opportunity today. Um, so super simple, and again, going back to my remedy method, the basis for this is what? Just a bag full of stuff. So uh, we talked about herbs earlier. You could put different herbs for different things in this bag. You could put a saint metal in here. You could put a different scroll. Let's say you wanted this for protection. You could put um, protective herbs in there, like red pepper flakes or patchouli or lavender. Those two are actually very underrated for protection. Um, and then a St. Michael medal in there. And then dab um, firewall protection oil on it. So again, this one is for financial success and I really like it. Uh, but the basis here is also really cool because you can use it for a lot of things. There's also a lot of kind of your basic candle magic workings that fall into the prosperity category. Um, there's certain candles. Um, there's like a prosperity cat candle you can get, a prosperity Buddha candle you can get. Um, here's kind of a basic 7-Eleven money spell. You're going to carve your desires into a black or a green candle. It could also be a, a lucky cat candle, but I often, you could just do this with a black or green candle. I'm not too uh, fluent in the in the cat candle working. So we're gonna do a black or green candle. Carve your desires into it. 
Dress it with money drawing or money attracting oil. Again, any oil. Uh, Crown of Success oil would also work. Um, holy oil would work. And sprinkle it with prosperity herbs. Uh, if you need a specific amount of cash, write your request on a slip of paper and place it under the candle. Um, usually for this, you're going to want to make it, you know, don't put a million dollars, put something tangible. Uh, light the candle for seven minutes the first night, 11 minutes the second, seven minutes the third, and so on. Alternating between lucky numbers 7 and 11 until the mount is received. Uh, if the candle does burn down completely without receipt of funds, this too is an answer, and that's your whole situation needs to be reconsidered um, or reapproached from a new angle. So super simple. You're going to dress your black or green candle, carve your need into it, then light it 7 minutes the first night, 11 the second, 7 the third, 11 the fourth, and so on until the amount is received. And if it burns down and the amount is not, then you're going to need to reapproach, re-strategize, reconvene, and move forward. All right, now we are moving on to prosperity psalms. I go over psalms. We've had two episodes on psalms so far. We've had protective psalms and healing psalms. Those serve as good primers to psalm magic. The psalms are very versatile. You can just recite them as is. Boom, there's your spell. You can write them in a scroll and place it in a mojo bag. You can uh, burn burn it on a piece of paper with an ovina. Um, sometimes you can even write it out, burn the paper, and then use the ashes for healing, for blessing, for hexing, and so on. So some of these prosperity psalms, simply, you just read them and you're done. Uh, but some do have a particular working. And again, as I've been saying this whole episode, be creative with it. Uh, the psalm I talk about, you can put it in your mojo bag, you can put it in your money bowl, you can use it later with the saints we talk about. All right, and the honorable mention, before we get to the others, is going to be Psalm 23. Um, hoodoo practitioners, especially, and most Southern conjure workers, are going to say that Psalm 23 is your universal psalm that can be used for everything. And I understand why. If you listen to the words of the psalm, especially the King James Version, there's a little bit of everything in there. There's protection. Um, there's also guidance. So protection, um, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for he is with me. So you have protection. You kind of have guidance when you talk about how he leadeth you to still waters and make you lay down in green pastures. And then prosperity, that's kind of at the end where he talks about how he prepareth a table in the presence of your enemies. He anoints your head with oil, your cup runneth over. So this Psalm has a little bit of everything. So I understand why it's so beloved and it's used for protection, for blessings, for prosperity and financial abundance. So that's a good one, but I, I, we dove really heavily into Psalm 23 on the Protective Psalm episode, so won't go into it again, but Psalm 23 is here again to be your ally. It's really short, guys. I recommend you, um, you re memorize it. it. It's a great Psalm to have in your back pocket. So the first, or I guess the second, Psalm we're gonna talk about is Psalm 8. Uh, this is said to bring customers into one's business. However, it could be used for success at your current job, your workplace, before you start a new endeavor, anything like that. And it said each day before the shop is open, if you have a shop, you burn some prosperity incense and pray this psalm. Uh, but again, it doesn't have to be your shop. It can be your home. It could be uh, burn it and pray it before you leave work and so on. And like I've been saying over and over and over again, this can also be written out, put in a mojo bag, placed on an altar with a saint. I'm not going to read the whole psalm, but I will read why. Uh, the, the, the line that says why this is, um, this is used for success in business. So you're going to want to pray the whole thing. That's what my resources say, and I'll give all my sources in the show notes. This one is Power of the Psalms by Anna Riva. Um, so you read the whole thing, but to me, I think the tie-in with business has to do with verse 6. Thou made him to have dominion over the work of my hands. Thou hath put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and the beasts of the field, the fowls of the air and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all thy earth. So you talk about how God has dominion over the work of your hands. So that's where the tie-in with pray this for business success comes in. And also Psalm 115, exact same ritual. Pray it with incense burning or just pray it on its own. I prefer Psalm 8. It's shorter. It's more brief. And I think there's more of a direct tie-in. But if you want to check out Psalm 115, 
That one is also good for the same stuff. Um, success at work, prosperity in your business. And the next one is Psalm 26. For this one, you're going to light a green candle and pray it before entering any new undertaking. So that's a new job, a new project, a new endeavor, a new idea that might make you money. Anything, any new endeavor, you light a green candle and pray Psalm 26. I do want to read this one. I think it's interesting because Psalm 8 talks about directly about work of thy hands. 26 doesn't. Um, it's more of a plea to God saying, hey, I've always obeyed you. Other people haven't. Bless me, not them. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and read that now. Judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity. I have trusted also in the Lord, therefore I shall not slide. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and try my heart. For thy loving kindness is before mine eyes, and I have walked in the truth. I have not sat with vain persons, neither will I go with dissemblers. I have hated the congregation of evildoers and will not sit with the wicked. I will wash my hands in innocence, so I will compass thine altar, O Lord, that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwells. Gather not my soul with sinners, nor my life with bloody men. In those hands is mischief, and the right hand is full of bribes. But for me, I walk in integrity. Redeem me and be merciful to me. My foot standeth in an even place. In the congregations will I bless the Lord. That's one thing I love about Psalms, guys, is most prayers you read now aren't like combative with God, but Psalms are. Like you you see so much of being angry with the divine, being angry with God. And this one's one of those. You're like, yo, I've seen what you've done to the evil people. I've seen what you've done for the evil people, for the wrongdoers, for the wicked. Why aren't you helping me? And I just think that's so powerful because it's authentic and it's honest and it's real. Uh, and that's one of those. So that's Psalm 26 and I dig it. All right, and the next prosperity psalm is Psalm 65. So I talked about hoodoo, southern conjure, and most people that work with psalm magic, 23 is your go-to. 65 seems to be another go-to for good luck, and it's really become lucky in one's affairs, and that's a catch-all luck psalm. But it is often used for financial success or for luck in a project, usually a project that, that involves money, a work project, a work venture, but it can be any kind of luck. Um, you burn a purple candle and you read this once a week. Anna Riva's Power of the Psalms does add though, luck only comes to those who are hardworking and honest, so you still need to put in the work. Don't forget that. I'm not gonna read the whole Psalm, but I will read an excerpt. This Psalm is actually thanking God for abundance, thanking God for being bountiful. So you can kind of see the tie in there. And that's also why it can tie in more with financial abundance rather than just general luck. They also that dwell in the uttermost parts are afraid of thy tokens. You make the outgoings in the morning and evening to rejoice. You visit the earth and you water it. You greatly enrich it with the river of God, which is full of water. You prepare them with corn, which you have provided. You water the ridges thereof abundantly. You settle the furrows thereof. You make soft with showers, you bless the spring. The crown at the year of thy goodness and thy paths drop fatness. They drop upon the pastures of the wilderness and the little hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks, the valleys are also covered with corn. They shout for joy and they also sing. And just a side note, this is a psalm that a lot of practitioners will use once a spell or a working or a petition comes through. Uh, they will recite verses 9 through 13, and in between the verses you will say, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and may I be the one to do it. So this is also something you pray or say or chant after um, God, a saint, what have you, comes through with a petition. All right, and the next is Psalm 74, 16 to 17, and this is to attract good fortune. You are supposed to write down verses 16 and 17 on a piece of paper and carry it with you at all times. And then you leave it at your bedside table at night and you read it aloud each morning three times as soon as you wake up. So, 16 and 17. The day is thine, the night is also thine. You have prepared the light and the sun. 
Thou hast set all the borders of the earth. Thou hast made summer and winter. Super simple. Uh, again, this is one where I'm not sure why talking about bringing summer and winter attracts good fortune. Um, it's likely, again, that this whole psalm is another one of praise and another one of talking about the power of God. So they've kind of, uh, I guess traditionally, they've just used 16 and 17. Uh, just talking about the power of God, preparing light and sun, preparing the things we need on this earth. Um, and I guess that means he will also prepare what you need on this earth by reciting 16 and 17 when you wake up in the morning. And the last psalm before we jump into saints is Psalm 119, verse 1. And this is to attract money. You write the amount of money you need on one side of a scrap of paper, and you limit it to one bill or a reasonable amount. Again, like I said earlier, don't put a million dollars in your 7-Eleven luck candle. Make it a reasonable amount, write it on one side. And on the other side of the piece of paper, write verse 1 of Psalm 119. And you carry it with you at all times until the objective is complete. So that is, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. All right, so those are some of the key prosperity and abundance psalms. There are plenty of others. Um, I just picked out a few of my favorites and a few that I thought either had good verbiage within them or there was actually a spell or a working rather than just reciting it. So there's plenty more. And if you feel like you want to include it in any other workings, you can definitely say this, say them during a novena. You can write them out to a saint. I usually end, when I'm doing a novena to a saint, um, I'll end my novena with a psalm, whatever psalm I think matches my day. So if it was a good day, it's a psalm of thankfulness. It might be Psalm 23 or one of the psalms we just read. Uh, if it's one where I was a little upset, it might be something a little darker. So psalms can be used in a lot of ways, especially those, again, for your money bags, your saint work, and so on. But now let's talk about saints. So here's the secret about saints. I love the hoodoo spells. I love the folk magic spells. I like, I love the folk workings. They're awesome. But a simple novena also works. A simple nine-day spell works a lot, especially when you can combine it with a psalm, you can combine it with an herb, and so on. So not there, there are a lot of saints that can help you with abundance and finance. I would say most of them. Um, but I'm going to talk about the ones where there are either unique aspects that make them more apt to assisting in financial matters or ones that um, actually have a unique spell. Um, but if there is another saint that speaks to you that you want to work with, um, you can just set up your altar, use some um, prosperity herbs we've talked about, and just do a novena that way. Throw in one of the songs we talked about. Boom. You have your own spell. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about the my favorite financial assistance prosperity saints. So let's start with the honorable mentions. The first honorable mention goes to Saint Expedite. So Expedite is loved, beloved in magic and witchcraft. He's even kind of described as more transactional than an ally. I've heard him described as an Amazon cour courier with next day shipping rather than an actual saint you can form a relationship with. Um, either way, he is best known for being called on when you need something fast or an emergency has happened and you need something to be sped up. We're going to do a full episode on Expedite eventually. A lot of people are curious about him. Uh, he, he has a very interesting backstory. A lot of people claim that he is not a saint, but an old god or some kind of old spirit. It's very interesting lore with Expedite. But he's often called upon for quick cash when you're in a jam. Um, and since I'm trying to be more about prosperity, long-term abundance with this episode, I'm not going to be getting into him too much. But I'm mentioning him because he is a good ally if you need quick financial assistance. Um, the second honorable mention, and I wish I could have found more, is Mary Magdalene. She is known for being called upon for women who are seeking financial independence, um, especially women who just went through a bad breakup, a divorce, or might be recently widowed, newly single. Um, there aren't any specific spells for financial workings with Magdalene, but again, we've talked about it the whole time, the whole episode. You can do your novena, 
use prosperity herbs and petition for financial independence, financial assistance with Mary Magdalene. And the last is St. Patrick. He is petitioned for prosperity and honestly, solely because he wears the color green. I'm serious, guys. That's that's the only really correlation he kind of has with uh, prosperity, but it's been done a lot. And a lot of practitioners use him for financial uh, success and a financial assistance. Uh, and a lot of saints can help with a lot of things. So he also has a reputation of being used to assist in financial matters. All right, now let's jump into our first official saint spell and this one comes from everyone's favorite especially one of my favorites near and dear to my heart and the namesake of the podcast saint anthony petition for financial assistance saint anthony i feel like is beloved across the world around the world however i feel like we cheapen him i can't wait to do a series on anthony and yes i said series because there's no way i'm going to fit it all into one episode uh, but i feel like anthony gets the short end of the stick because everyone just remembers him for the dude that will help you find lost things but if you really research anthony especially in italian folk magic and i'm saying folk magic but really italian culture um you're going to see his many many uses uh yes um, helps you find lost things. But in his life, he was known for healing miracles, um, for banishing evil spirits from people. He was known to have a very commanding voice. He was known as a great preacher, which was very rare for Franciscans. Franciscans monks were very timid uh, and kind of laid back. So Anthony has this, this wonderful life story that spans many topics, many themes. Um, and yes, he can help you find lost things, uh, but that is just one of the many things um, that he can do for you. Uh, he is one of this, the church's wonder workers, and not many saints are called wonder workers, and that is essentially a person who has performed many, many miracles both in life and in death. So Anthony is an incredible ally to have on your altar, to have in your practice, not just when you lost your keys, but for when you lost your job when you lost hope, when you lost happiness, when you lost faith, when you lost love. Uh, Anthony is, is an incredible ally. So this is a petition for financial assistance. And what you're going to do is you're going to write the names of everyone in the household on small slips of paper, or alternatively, only the names of those who are adults and of working age. Um, so, you know, you don't have to write your kids if, <laughs> on this. Um, then you're going to place those paper papers in a fireproof bowl and sprinkle them with dried basil, parsley, cinnamon, and then cover with a sufficient amount of olive oil. So again, to recap, write the names of all of the breadwinners or, or those of working age on pieces of paper, put them in a fireproof bowl and sprinkle them with dried basil, parsley, and cinnamon and then you're going to cover it with a sufficient amount of olive oil. I also love those herbs because it's very Italian folk magic. Italian folk magic, you're rarely going to have to go find the John the Conqueror route or devil's dung or something really crazy. Usually it's thyme, basil, red pepper, parsley. I love it. Now you're going to add either a single floating wick or one for each person. It doesn't matter. Probably a single wick is the easiest here. So now you have your bowl of names of herbs and of olive oil and you have a floating wick. You have just created a magical oil lamp that can now be burned on an altar that is dedicated to St. Anthony. So you're going to burn it and you're going to repeat this for nine consecutive Tuesdays. And um, so you're going to relight it. You're going to light it one day, one Tuesday a week for nine consecutive Tuesdays. And you're also going to pray and petition to St. Anthony for financial assistance. So, very simple. You just light it, and you can uh, either make up your own prayer, speak from the heart, or uh, read a prayer on the back of the prayer card. It also won't hurt to make a charitable donation in his name as a show of good faith. And like we said, like we've talked about, I am a broken record now. You can combine this with a lot of things. You can combine this with, this one already has herbs, so not that. Uh, you can combine it with another saint, you can combine it with a psalm, a prosperity psalm, something like that. 
But yeah, this is a super simple working, very simple. Basically, just write the names of, of those in the house who have jobs, uh, sprinkle it with the herbs I mentioned, which were basil, parsley, and cinnamon, cover it with olive oil, add a floating wick, you burn it for a Tuesday, either until it burns out or nine consecutive Tuesdays, either way. And each night when you burn it, you say a prayer and petition to Anthony for financial assistance. So this is a really common and simple way of working with Anthony. Um, I've seen this in a few of the sources I have uh, with Saint Magic and Italian folk magic and folklore. So really simple way. And it also shows how easy it is to work with Anthony. Um, it's kind of a ritual. A lot of times, Anthony, you're just saying a, a quick charm, you know, Tony, Tony, look around type stuff. Or you can have something a little more complex like making your own oil lamp. Either way, um, I really like this one. All right, the next saint we are going to talk about is Saint Cajetan, or as my Italian folks will know him, Saint Gaetano. This one is more of the story of his life. Uh, his working is really simple, but I, I like it. It's really folky. It's really, it's kind of cute. And we need more cutesiness on the podcast. So, uh, St. Cajetan Orgatano, he's a bit more well-known in Italy. He was the son, at least from my perspective, I might be wrong there, but I see more him discussed in the Italian circles, same with like St. Sixtus. Um, but he was a son of a wealthy Venetian and he served as a diplomat for the Pope. He would later start a group of lay people and monks who would serve the poor. They were called a confraternity of the divine love. And a lot of his lay members were wealthy aristocrats and they would donate food, shelter, and so forth to the poor. Um, so Spanish soldiers would later come and kind of sack Rome and they would torture members of the confraternity of divine love because they thought they were hiding money from them because they knew that this group of, of religious and lay people, they were really rich. It was kind of the, the they were good people. They were giving back their their fortune to the community, and the, the Spanish knew this, so they would try to torture them. So because of this, uh, St. Cajetan fled to Venice, and he would open up a pawn shop that would benefit the poor. Um, and it's said that he died of grief, and it was because he felt so guilty that his fraternity... Um, his, you know, his good idea of having this group of people to serve the poor led to so many much death and uh, negativity and sorrow. So he felt so guilty the rest of his life and it said he died of grief. But in the afterlife, he kind of emerged as the patron saint of gamblers. And this is because he allegedly had a very positive, adventurous, playful spirit. He opened up this pawn shop. Um, I'm assuming there are other stories about him gambling and whatnot. So he emerged as the patron saint of gamblers, and because of that, it's said that Saint Cajetan will never turn down a bet. And I really like this. This isn't really prosperity. This might be more, this might be more quick cash, but I just love this story or this working. So the working is very, very simple. You bet Saint Cajetan that he won't come through for you. <laughs> so I bet you Saint Cajetan that you won't help me get this job. Or more specifically, I bet you 10 rosaries that you won't help me get this job. Or I'll bet you $200 that you won't help me get this job, that you won't help me come into more money this year, that you won't, etc. So basically, you just, you just challenge him. And when he wins the bet, you give him what you bet him. You give him the rosary recitations. Um, you know, maybe you said candles or... What I would recommend is, is money on his behalf. So I bet you won't help me get this job. And I bet you 10% of my first paycheck with this new job that you won't. So it's just a really cool way of working with him that I think is interesting. I love when you can kind of get to know the spirit of the saint and there's a playful way of working with them. So that one's really fun. And of course, if you are going to the casino, he's your guy to work with. Um, there's also some folk traditions about um, going to the casino, now that I'm mentioning it. Um, the money bowl we talked about earlier, if you do want to go just have some extra luck when you're doing any gambling, throw some coins in your pocket from your money bowl. Of course, replace them, and if you make any money at the casino, put it back in your money bowl. The other, which is super simple, and it's kind of old school, you might see this in the, in the old movies. Uh, you'll, you'll see somebody with a 
some kind of bill, a dollar bill, a hundred dollar bill, whatever, in their in like the brim of their cap in their fedora. Uh, that was actually a folk magic or a superstition, um, essentially to bring you good luck. Uh, it wasn't always um, noticeable. Sometimes you would put it in the brim of your hat um, where it wasn't seen or the band of your hat where it wasn't seen. But um, another working now that we're talking about Kajitan is um, to pray to him, make him a bet as well. And your casino success will also be useful. Now that I'm talking about gambling, there are also some gambling psalms. Um, I'll save that for the Patreon. So Patreon patrons, you'll get some gambling advice um, this week. And the next saint is interesting because this is actually not the saint. It's kind of a magical version of the saint. And that is San Martin Caballero, or as my gringos would say, Saint Martin Caballero. And this is the secret of the virtuous horseshoe. So Martin Caballero is a magical version of Saint Martin of Tours. So he is kind of a Latin American manifestation of Saint Martin of Tours. We'll do a full episode on Saint Martin because I think him and Saint George are two I really want to talk about soon. Uh, but you see this a lot, and that's why I love brujeria. That's why I love well, American brujeria, as some of you are calling it. That's why I love Mexican folk magic. Uh, it's because you have, like, it's so cool to see saints take on other forms, other personalities. You have that with Saint Martha. There's Saint Martha kind of the good and Saint Martha the bad uh, in Mexican folklore. Martha the Dominator. Um... He doesn't have a new name, but St. Anthony in a lot of Mexican folklore uh, is kind of the love saint, where you kind of do these uh, amares, these love spells, and it said he kind of even has a different form when he's working in that, in that realm. And there's a few more. I know there's one on top of my head that I can't remember, but he even looks different, and I'll try to remember who that is. But I love it. I, I love it especially. It's in Latin America and Mexico. You have kind of various versions of saints, like new manifestations, and I just think that's so cool. So Martin Caballero is a manifestation, a magical manifestation of St. Martin of Tours, and we'll get into Martin of Tours eventually, probably February. So this is called The Secret of the virtuous horseshoe and this is one many of you might know about but it's popular it's a popular um, amulet or amuletic magic spell dedicated to san martin and it's either it's intended to either draw in money to your home or sometimes it's used to ease the pangs of relocation uh, especially if you have a a migratory job or let's say you immigrated to the united states um, or you just move to a new place that's always difficult it's always a pain in the ass so the virtuous horseshoe can help for all of those things but for purposes of this episode it's going to be used to bring in money into the home so you can buy these already made um that's fine uh if you have a local botanica that that is selling them or a local worker that makes them support your people buy them but I love making my own wards. I love making stuff like this. So you're going to need a real iron horseshoe, not a replica. Horseshoes are said to be magically activated by already having been affixed to the horse. So they have this magical horse energy, I guess. They just have energy because they've they're, they're been affixed to the horse. They've been used, they've been activated. So in other words, you don't just want a real horseshoe. You want one that has been used. And guys, these are super easy to find. I have one that I need to clean off and use. I got it on Etsy for, I think, five bucks. I mean, these people, people that own horses are more than willing to sell them on Etsy for a profit. Uh, otherwise, they're just going to toss them and recycle them. So you're going to wrap the horseshoe in red silk thread until only the tips are exposed. And then you're going to attach it to a square of cardboard with the horseshoe turned so the points are facing down. We'll talk about horseshoes in a minute with up and down. There is some controversy about that. But you're gonna decorate the cardboard with sequins, glitter glue, holy cards, medallions, and images of San Martin. So this is another, this is another opportunity to be creative. Um, put your own intentions into it. Is there a psalm you can use? Is there, uh, can you mix some herbs with that glitter glue? Uh, you know, is there a patron saint of your family that you want on there? Let's say this is for money. This is for finance. So throw a St. Anthony on there. Uh, throw a St. Patrick on there. Throw 
um, a St. Jude on there, which we'll talk about next. So again, you can decorate it. I guess traditionally it is taught sequins, glitter glue, holy cards, medallions, and images of San Martin, but have fun with this. Be creative. That is what I want to teach everyone is be creative in your rituals and your practice. Here are the basics, but add on to it to personalize it to yourself. So once this is complete, you now repeat this verbal charm 21 times to activate it. And that is Citran Nueve. Citran Nueve 21 times. And there you have it. Now you have your virtuous horseshoe that you can keep in your home. Um, you can continue to activate it. When you look at it, you can repeat um, Citrine Nueve. Or you can activate it, especially if you're, if you're starting a new endeavor, starting a new job. Or money is low and you're scared and worried. Call upon San Martin and the virtuous horseshoe. Earlier I mentioned I need to mention something else. That was weird to say. Earlier I said... I need to talk more about horseshoes. Um, there is debate uh, whether the uh, horseshoe is facing up or down, and how I was taught. And this is this is special to me because I grew up in a home, very early age, where we had horseshoes over every doorway, and it didn't connect with me. I knew it was for good luck, but it, I, I didn't really connect connect with the kind of. Appalachian folk magic that came from it from my uh, my grandfather's ancestors um, so horseshoes when they are facing up it is said to attract when they are facing down it is giving so a horse if you have a horseshoe over your door it's facing up you are attracting blessings you are attracting money you are attracting success good energy and if it is down it is bestowing protection, bestowing grace, bestowing luck. Um, I guess attracting luck and bestowing luck are kind of the same, so that that's fine either way. Um, but yeah, uh, up is attracting like money, success, down is, I guess, blessing and protection, if that makes sense. And the final saint we are speaking about today is going to be Saint Jude. Saint Jude is very much a catch-all saint. You probably know him as the patron saint of lost causes. He is another one where we are going to do a very, very deep dive into St. Jude. He's also one we could probably do a series on. Fascinating saint, original apostle of Christ, really cool stories about him, both in life and interceding in death. Of course, St. Jude's hospital named in his honor. That is saint devotion. I'm sure they wouldn't call it Saint Magic, but that is Saint Devotion, Saint Work 101. A saint comes through for you, you will do repay them by doing something in their honor and their name. And the Saint Jude Hospital was built by the famous radio and TV star from the 50s, Danny Thomas. And essentially he prayed to Saint Jude and said, Saint Jude, if you allow me to find success, I will build a hospital in your name. And he went on to become a very famous radio and television star, and thus he founded St. Jude Research and St. Jude Children's Hospital. So, I love Jude as well because that is St. Magic in action, of course. He would not have considered himself a magician, he would consider himself just a good Catholic praying to this, his patron saint. But nonetheless, that's what we're doing here too. We are finding the saint spirits that speak to us, asking for their assistance, and then if they come through for us, we are doing something to honor them. So St. Jude encapsulates St. Work, St. Magic, and I love that. So he's considered the, first and foremost, the patron saint of lost causes. Again, full episode to come on Jude. We might spend a month just doing the apostles. Uh, patron saint of lost causes, though, that's what he's known for. And this is because early on, he was still called Judas, St. Judas Thaddeus. So that caused confusion with a lot of Catholics because they thought it was Saint Judas, or not Saint, they thought it was Judas Iscariot. So no one wanted to pray or petition to Saint Judas. And then he kind of had a little name change and started going by Saint Jude. Uh, statues, prayer cards and such started calling him Jude of Thaddeus rather than Saint Judas. And this suddenly created an influx of devotion to Jude, um, churches being built, and people asking for his petition. 
And the legend goes that he has been so eager for people to pray for him and reach out to him um, that he was he would answer any petition that anyone gave him because he'd been waiting for hundreds and hundreds of years for people to ask him for something no one had because they thought he was Judas Iscariot. So he was so excited and eager to help people that he would answer any request. And that is why he's considered the patron saint of lost causes because he will assist with just about anything. And this goes for him being kind of hungry to help people over the years. However, he is also known to be a patron of prosperity, financial success, and financial wellness. And why is kind of difficult to pinpoint. Um, he could be another St. Patrick in that his robes are always green and gold. Um, and as we've seen, sometimes that's enough. And that does not make any of this saint working invalid, right? Um, it's almost like St. Anthony. Um, St. Anthony is used for a lot of times for finding love and finding relationships. Well, in his life, he was a celibate monk. So why would he help you find love? And simply, it could just be so many people have asked him to help find partners over the years that he became a love saint. Um, similar with Patrick. So many people ask him to help with money. He'll do it. And then he gets a reputation. So just because a saint might be used for something based on something very mundane like iconography or how they were died or a very obscure story, it doesn't make it inaccurate. Uh, what makes it accurate is the people asking and praying for this thing over hundreds of thousands of years and it coming through. That's what makes it accurate. So Jude, why is he a prosperity saint? It's kind of hard to pinpoint. One, he does have green and gold clothing and that, that sometime that's all you need. However, you're going to find depictions of him where he is carrying a large metal on his chest, and that is called the image of Edessa. And the metal is also sometimes called a medallion or a coin. And the image of Edessa is a, the image of Edessa at its face value, no pun intended, is the face of Jesus Christ. Um, the sto a story goes that Jesus was wiped his face with cloth and just like the Shroud of Turin, his face stayed on the cloth. So he gave the cloth to Jude and asked him to present it to the king of Edessa, who needed healing. The king used it and was healed. So this coin that Jude is holding is the image of Edessa, the image of the face of Christ. But they've depicted it on a coin rather than a cloth. I'm not sure why. And over time, that coin became literally a coin. Um, to the point where some images and statues of, of Jude, especially in Latin America and North America, Mexico primarily, in the southern United States, in Botanicas you're going to find statues of Jude where he is standing on a pile of coins. Um, and these coins have kind of shifted away from being an image of a Dessa coin to a coin with a money symbol on it. Um, so that depiction of him holding a coin later grew into him standing on a pile of coins and those coins went from an image of Jesus on a coin shape to actual money. And since then he's been prayed to and venerated for financial issues. And since he is the patron saint of just about lost things and lost causes and desperate times and hard times, yeah, it makes sense to petition to him regardless um, of, of his, his, you know, images of him going coins or not. It just makes sense. But um, a lot of from my point of view, I'm not sure if that's totally accurate, but from what I can gather, him being venerated uh, for financial success has to come with that coin of Edessa and him holding it later uh, being shown standing on a pile of those coins. And I really love when an image of a saint becomes part of like the traditional working of them. I just think that's fascinating. And this next story about Jude is not traditional. Um, and we're going to do a full episode on Jude, but I'm on the Jude train of thought right now. Um, so it's interesting that him holding a coin later went to him standing on a pile of coins, which later formed in him being a prosperity saint. There's another story where he's holding a club and he's holding a club because um, he was killed with a club. He was bashed in the head. That's how he was martyred. So some uh, saint cards have him holding a club. Well, a misprint or another version show him holding the club in the left hand rather than the right hand. And some people, especially folk practitioners and more witchy people, 
interpreted Jude holding the weapon in his left hand, meaning he can assist you in the left-hand path, or at least that image can. So the Im the, an image of Jude carrying a club in his left hand um, can help you with left-hand magic or baneful magic. Um, sometimes, to make it even more ominous, um, Jude is also wearing red instead of green. So there's an image of a green Jude holding a club in his right hand, and then there's an image of red Jude holding the club in his left hand. So people say, oh, well, that's good Jude, and that's kind of the more, not bad Jude, but that Jude, that Jude will turn a blind eye and help you with some shady stuff. So again, it's just really interesting in Saint folklore how you can have like Martha the good, Martha the bad. You can have Jude the good wearing green, holding the club in his right, and Jude kind of the bad, for lack of a better term, in red, holding the club in his left hand. So really fascinating stuff, and we're going to jump into Jude very soon in this podcast. So that is all I have for us today. Kind of to recap, we started out with these traditional folk magic workings. We talked about a money bowl. And again, guys, that was like the basic Appalachian money bowl. There are so many variations of a money bowl. Honestly, by definition, a money bowl can just be a bowl with herbs and money in it that you can pray over. A money bowl can take so many variations. I encourage you to look up other money bowls. There's probably one for your culture. Uh, there's probably one for your interests, your needs. Uh, but the one I shared is your basic folk magic one that I believe has an Appalachian tie-in. And it's to me, I think it's kind of the one where the others grew from or evolved from. We also talked about that success bundle, which again, the example I gave was a little more Southern Conjure with some hoodoo flavor with the John the Conqueror root. But again, you can find bundles, mojo bags, mojo hands, brevi bags, and various cultures. And of course, you can just make your own. The heart of it is you're putting stuff in a bag. So that was the starting point. Feel free to look into other options. 7-Eleven money spell is another fun one. Very simple candle working. So I hope you dug that. And as far as the Psalms, I try to give you guys some Psalms as a starting point too. Those are the ones from my sources that I really like, but there are various other Psalms that you can jump into for psalm, for prosperity work. Um, psalms to me too can be very personalized. I've said that on the other Psalm episodes. So there might be a Psalm you like and the Psalm mentions the word riches. It mentions the word abundance. It mentions the word bountiful and it resonates with you. Cool that can now be used in your practice if it conjures up those feelings of prosperity for prosperity work. And that goes for any topic, any working. If there's a psalm that speaks to you in a certain way for a certain remedy, for a certain need, then you can use it. As far as saints, plenty more we can probably talk about, but there are many saints you can use for many things. Um, Expedite, Magdalene, and Patrick are three that you can petition. Mary Magdalene has a really unique flavor of being someone that especially helps women who need financial assistance. And we will be doing an episode on all of them in the coming weeks. The Anthony financial assistance, very straightforward. I recommend you check it out. Anthony is great for anything though. Having a statue and a candle burning for him, that works just as fine. Uh, I recommend you check out St. Cajetan, uh, also known as St. Gaetano. Um, I gave you the very simple make a bet with him, which is fun and playful, but I do know people that have him as their patron. So there's a lot more workings and he will be another one we talk about, probably in an Italian folk magic episode I'm planning. Um, San Martin or St. Martin of Tours, check him out as well. St. Jude, just talked about him. You don't need a recap, but very fun to work with. And like I've been saying, you can combine all of these. You can do your candle prayer with your psalm scroll, with a saint on the altar. You can put a saint medal in your money bowl or in your mojo bag and so on and so forth. So this really kind of scratches the surface when it comes to prosperity magic. These are ones that have just been on my mind lately. But nonetheless, I hope this gives you a jumping off point. Folk magic is really built off of protection, prosperity, and healing. So there's so much out there, guys. So I hope if anything, this one gives you some tangible stuff to do 
especially if you're on my Patreon, you have all of these written out already, um, or you can just take notes. I'll, I'll try to be as descriptive as I can in the show notes too, or the uh, episode description. So I hope you have tangible things to do, but also ideas that you can build from. Um, excited to share this with you, especially since we are in the first month of the new year, but you can use these all year round. So I hope you enjoyed and let's end with a prayer. God, when we speak of abundance, we don't speak out of ungratefulness. When we speak of prosperity and we ask for prosperity, we don't do this out of ungratefulness or a need that you have not fulfilled, but the exact opposite. We ask of this because we know that with your assistance, we can better use our talents, our God-given talents and our graces to not only glorify you, but to love one another, heal one another, and help one another. So despise not our petitions, God, because we all wish to have prosperity, to better enjoy all the gifts that you have bestowed unto us. Amen. Thank you for listening to another episode of St. Anthony's Tongue. As always, I am your host, W. I will include all sources in the episode description. Thank you for tuning in, and God love you.